Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to the reform members of Back to Ashes. Tina Mead, Mana Ash, Normie DW, Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, Patty's niece, Samantha Place, and Inner Scare Wifey. The rest of the BTA family can be found right here on your screen. If you would like to become a part of the Back to Ashes membership family, that information can be found below. Perks include receiving videos a day early, getting videos in their uncensored format, and extra videos on the weekend, and much, much more. If you like what you are hearing and enjoying, please leave a like, maybe leave a comment below this video, or if you're not subscribed, go ahead and do so, and make sure to hit that notification bell and set it to all. That way you know every time I upload. Also, the Buy Me A Coffee link is down below if you are enjoying what you're hearing. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Backwoods Creepy Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play. After that, there will be no more ads within this video. I have these woods by my house that are really nice, but also attract some very weird people. I've had multiple weird experiences while I was there, but the weirdest was when I was biking with my friend on a rainy day. The trail we were on was paved, but set off a ways from the main trail. The ground was damp and muddy, and we were going pretty slow. We biked past a more open off-road trail and saw a man no more than 20 feet out from us holding an axe kneeling over a tree stump, with his back turned to us and praying under his breath. He had longer, unkept hair and a ratty black raincoat on. The whole thing was really eerie, so we sped away, but our curiosity brought us back after. We turned around after biking in the other direction for about two minutes to check back on the spot. When we got there, the man was gone, and there were no footprints in the mud. I was once on a walk in a nearby forest. I was only a few minutes away from home. I remember when I was about to start leaving the forest until suddenly I felt like someone or something was watching me. I tried to look around but nobody was there. I started to walk away from the forest but then I saw this huge black figure just watching me. It didn't look like an actual person. I quickly continued towards the end of the forest but it felt like the figure followed me. I looked behind me and it was just standing there. I looked quickly to my front and then I looked behind me again, but the figure disappeared. I think I was just hallucinating, but I never went into that forest again. I moved to my current residence with my family years ago. I was around 12 and excited to settle into a new place. The house was new when we moved in it, and 
In the seven years that we spent there, there were never any accidents in it or the large backyard. On the border of the backyard was a government-owned forest you could walk through with trails. Our house had a pathway that led down into the forest. Me and my brothers were excited to go there, so a few days after settling into our house, Dad took us out. The whole hike was normal until we started coming back through the access that was made by the previous owners. When I was going through, I took a wrong turn where the path split. We were near the exit to our property, but I came upon a split and took the wrong path. I walked a short distance to where our property line should have been, but it wasn't there. I just looked forward and saw a field of sunflowers. The field of sunflowers must have been large because I could not see a tree line behind it. The field didn't make any sense. It was located around where the property would start and seemed to be massive. My dad realized I was gone and called me back. The times I went through the forest after, I did not see the split in the path. Somewhat recently, I went through the woods with my brothers, and I accidentally, without realizing it, went through the split and found an empty field with no sunflowers. Both occurrences where I went through the split took place in the summer. If anyone knows anything or can explain what happened, I would appreciate it. Okay, so this happened in New Jersey last night. So to understand the story, I'll just give a little rundown of my house. If you're sitting on my couch and you turn around about 15 to 20 feet away, there will be a big sliding glass door, which will lead to my porch. If you go down the steps and walk about 50 feet, you will be met with the pines or pine barrens. If you pay attention to the urban legends, you might recognize those woods as the same woods the Jersey Devil lives in. So anyway, it was about 9 o'clock and I was sitting on the couch talking with my two friends and just watching TV. We were having a good time when I realized that my one friend started to look out back with a puzzled look on his face. I asked what's the matter and he just says, Something along the lines of nothing, but I think I saw something in your backyard. So I turn around, and for a split second, I see what looks like two heads peer from behind a tree, and then immediately duck behind it again. So I'm like, holy crap, what is that? At that point, my friend grabs a kitchen knife and runs out onto my porch, just yelling for whoever it is to go away. I run out and tell him it's fine, and let's just go back inside. As I do, I see three heads this time, all closer than before. So I shout, get away, I have a gun. Obviously bluffing. I then see them dart behind the tree again, and they're gone. I still have no idea what it is, but they're just gone now. I need answers.
I recently came across a thread on hiking alone and weird experiences while in nature. This reminded me of my own story from 2005. So, here is that story. My hiking experience was this. I was solo camping at the Lake Dubonnet campsite west of the lake, near Interlochen, Michigan. In the morning, I set off for a hike at nearby Lost Lake. I think it's a fitting name, don't you? I realized after a short while, as I heard Lost Lake, that the forest was absolutely silent. No sound. No birds. Not a squirrel. Zip. I felt like I had entered a sort of dream state, thinking, Am I dreaming this? Why is this forest so silent? As I kept walking, I started to hear the sound of, what I thought was, a helicopter coming nearer. I was confused by that, but there is a Great Lakes Maritime Academy in Traverse City, so I thought maybe a helicopter was flying back to town. By that time, I had previously lived in Interlochen for two years and had never, ever heard such a sound. But your mind tries to make sense of things. I kept walking, and the sound continued to come nearer and then became deafening, as though it was a buzzing in my ears. At this point, I then felt as though I could see behind me and that a bear was running up to charge from behind and tackle me. At this point, the helicopter noise was super loud, and I panicked, whipped around, and nothing was there. And the noise stopped instantly, and I felt like I had just woken up. I shook my head, super confused, looked all around me, looking in the sky for a plane or anything, but... There was truly nothing. I was beyond perplexed, of course. I wanted to get back to my tent and car ASAP, but I did not want to turn around and walk back past Lost Lake any more than I had to. So I kept going on the trail, which thankfully was circular enough to get me back to the campsite. I've never experienced that again, either in the exact spot or anywhere else. I guess I'll forever be puzzled. I watch ghost adventures and have seen people who've experienced similar things to my story. So, that sort of makes me feel less alone. Would be happy to hear of any other lost time experiences you all have had. I wasn't very, very deep in the woods. I was within a mile of my own house. I was with the family dog, and we went a bit off the trail. This man dressed in all camo, no pack, a huge knife on his belt, and his arm in a sling came out of the woods. Some of this is normal, but I got really bad vibes. My dog immediately started freaking out, usually a very timid and kind dog. The man started explaining how he was hiking from one town to the next, which I thought was weird because he was injured and had no pack and wasn't on a trail. He started saying things like, the dog must not like him because he had sunglasses on, 
and that he was hurt, could I show him the way. I just said I would be late for dinner if I did and tried to go around him to the trail and he blocked me. Just then, I heard my mom yell for me. He did too, obviously, and looked scared. I yelled back towards the direction she yelled from, and when I turned around, he had just disappeared back into the woods. Now, maybe it was nothing, but wouldn't mind a normal person saying goodbye or wade and say hello to my mother? I don't know. It gave me strange creepy vibes. I'm glad that I had good old Willie with me. First story for my English, I'm not a native speaker. So, five years ago, me and my seven friends were on a hiking trip in Austrian Alps. Our goal was Mountain Grossvenedeger, which is 3,666 meters above sea level. Trip was great until weather suddenly changed from sunny to heavy snowstorm. After 30 minutes, I didn't see a thing, and me and my friend Thomas got separated from the others. Heavy snowing, lack of air due to strong wind, and a almost 0% visibility. I thought this was the end. First time in my life I was thinking I will die. Totally exhausted, lost in the middle of the mountain. After another 30 minutes with my friend Thomas, visibility started getting better. Then, I noticed one thing. About 260 meters down the hill, three black figures started to appear. Tourists maybe also stop for the snowstorm? I asked Thomas if he sees them too. He replied yes. They were pretty tall, but that was not my concern. I asked Thomas if we were going to go after them because we didn't know where our friends were. Then he looked at me and said, no, we can't. I asked why and he just replied, no, we must move fast. I was shocked because I didn't understand why he was scared. Then we saw our friends in the opposite direction. We regrouped and finally after one more hour came to the hut which was under the mountain. We tell them what we saw and they said they didn't see anybody. When I asked Thomas why he was in a hurry after we saw the men, he didn't want to talk about it. Until this day, I'm thinking, who the hell was on that mountain? My friends and I found a 22-year-old girl face down in the mud both legs broken with compound fractures. She had no cell phone, no water, no food, and nothing to keep her warm. Her friend was dead. A little backstory. My two friends and I were hiking in a pretty popular spot in our area. It's a 100-foot waterfall that takes about 45 minutes of uphill hiking to get to. We decided to go bouldering around the bottom of the waterfall. There are various little pools and boulders where the water runs off of the waterfall. This bouldering trail is not on the main trail, and not many hikers 
ever veer off the main trail. When we found her, obviously we called 911 and gave her any supplies we had. Eventually, a helicopter showed up and they flew her to the nearest hospital. Turns out she was hiking with her friend the night before when they both fell off the waterfall. Her friend must have gone to get help, but unfortunately died less than a hundred yards from where we found the girl. No one knew she was hurt or that she was even there. It's a miracle she was still alive and mind-blowing to think what she had gone through when we found her 20 hours later. Before we found the hiker, we were climbing rocks in the area and taking pictures. He didn't even know the poor girl was in the background of these photos. I looked towards the right of the frame in the background. There she is. In the end, I didn't realize that the family of the girl had a fundraiser to help defray the cost of her recovery. If anything can be learned from this experience, it's that anything can happen. Freak accidents, like this one, are very real. Always be prepared for the conditions of your hike and communicate your whereabouts with someone else. Not a professional and we weren't all that deep into the Point Rise trail system, but we had a pretty creepy experience nonetheless. I was camping with a bunch of city dwellers who had never done a hike-in camping trip before. Needless to say, some things didn't go so well, like two people only bringing one small bottle of water, several people bringing insufficient food, and, and one couple that were carrying an eight-man tent between them. It was like herding cats, let me tell you what. Anyways, we finally make camp, maybe 2, 2.30. We're up the cliffs and have a beautiful view. We have ample time to set up camp, cook dinner, tell ghost stories, etc. But no, these numbnuts get the bright idea to go down to the water. It's just right there, they plead. 30 minutes tops. This is bullshit. It's really a two-hour hike down. I know this. One other guy knows this, but we feel obligated to go with these yahoos to keep them out of trouble. We get to the beach while the sun is setting. Now, we have to hike back in the deepening dark. There's a dim moon and the fog is rolling in. I have the only flashlight and the batteries give out after a while. Of course we get lost, and I manage to take a spill, twisting my ankle pretty badly. So it's dark. Fog has visibility down further. We're lost, cold, hungry, and I'm injured. Then the other competent hiker pulls me aside and tells me in husband urgent tones, I don't want to freak the others out, but something is following us back there. It comes into view and then fades back into the fog. I've never seen anything like it. As we continue on, I catch sight of a ghostly white shape, maybe three feet tall, moving silently but quickly alongside the trail we were on. Every hair on my body stood on end, and I could have made a diamond in my ass. 
They didn't stay visible for long and disappeared into the brush almost as soon as I noticed it. I caught fleeting sight of it again twice more before it disappeared for good. To this day, I have no idea what it was. I never saw it for long enough or clearly enough to make even an uneducated guess. It did not move like any animal I'm familiar with or know was in the park. I can't tell you how relieved I was when we got above the fog and the visibility, though still darker than Satan's asshole, illuminated by a stickly candle, quadrupled. At midnight, we called for a halt. We rested for about half hour, pulled what little food and water we had left, and tried to figure out where we were. When we got started up again, we literally took ten steps and turned a bend straight into our tents. We still tell stories about how ridiculous the crunchy spaghetti was that I made for everyone, one bowl at a time, that night. Honestly, I was making it so I would have an excuse to stand next to the fire, hoping that whatever it was out there would be afraid of it. Oh yeah, here's a bonus event. Later that night or morning, I was awoke by something underneath the tent pushing hard into my back. I believe I screamed and scrambled out of my sleeping bag and out the tent without ever passing through the space between those two points. I peered back into the tent and I could see my sleeping bag jump up in a rhythmic motion. I landed on the mound with my elbow and proceeded to punch the ever-living shit out of it. When the sleep grogginess dissipated, I assumed it was a gopher, but I was taking zero chances after that, Eve's misadventures. So, I like to explore abandoned places. Me and my friend were walking through the woods of Virginia to find an old mine shaft. It was about 8 p.m. last Saturday. So, as we were walking, all the animals would go completely silent randomly. And shortly after, we would find a bunch of flat stones stacked on top of each other, along with branches cracking and rustling in the woods. This happened probably about four times. Further into the woods, it became completely silent and stayed that way. So, during this walk... We are looking around when my friend spots these red eyes in the distance about group height. We stopped for a bit and just stared at it until we got bored and continued our walk. We soon spotted them again, but this time waist high, so we ignored it and continued on. Once again, we came across the eyes, but this time they were closer and about five feet tall leaned slightly to the left behind a tree. I should mention that we forgot our flashlights and did this whole thing with the lights on our phone. Our light source didn't really go out very far, but we sat there looking at this thing for what felt like an hour. We would see it blink and look around, but it never moved. Occasionally, we would get the smell of rotted flesh. At this point... We said to hell with the mine and we need to leave. I knew there was an old road not far from where we were, so we headed towards it. 
but we came across what I think was a coyote. Big-ass dog-looking thing. So we debated if we could walk around it, but by the time we decided and realized it, we had become surrounded. We had six of these animals around us, in every direction except directly behind us. In that instinct, we looked at each other, pulled out our buck knives, thinking we'd rather die fighting. But the coyotes never approached us. They just stood in front of us. So we suggested we would walk backwards till they left us alone. As we walked backwards, the coyotes followed us. But if we started to go to the left or right, they would kind of jump at us. We made it out safely. But looking back now, it's been almost a week since this happened. I kind of feel like the coyotes were guiding us to safety from whatever that thing with red eyes was. But I'm no quitter. Me and my friend will be going back to those woods again as soon as I get a weekend off. I need to know what those red eyes were and I really want to explore that mind. If you guys have any idea on what thing has red eyes, please let me know. What occurred a couple years ago to me may seem nothing out of the ordinary to some folk, but what I felt that day, I have only experienced once before, and it made me feel something I can only describe as primal for lack of a better word. I apologize beforehand if this ends up being long-winded, as this is my first time writing an experience and want to paint as accurate of a scene as I possibly can. Also, English is not my native language. My ex-significant other and I booked this amazing homestead of a vacation for two nights and two days, after reading a lot of very positive reviews online about it. It was managed by a very charming and hospitable elderly couple. Now, this homestead is smack dab in the middle of a huge, sprawling estate, surrounded by coffee plantations on three sides has its own private waterfall, and behind the estate are very large hills, most of which is owned by this couple. The accommodation provided to us was quaint little cottage nestled between the main homestead where the couple lived and another large cottage that was occupied by a couple of tourist families. The three buildings are surrounded by a very beautiful tended garden. A narrow path winds in front of the three buildings and heads towards the hills. Our first day was generally uneventful, as both of us were exhausted from the long drive from the city we lived in and just soaked in the hospitality and the amazing view all around us. The next day, we were given the option of heading to the waterfall or hiking up the hills, and my ex, after a lot of debate, chose the hills. So, after about 10 a.m., we packed ourselves a nice little brunch and headed out towards the path that leads to the hills. The weather was cool, and a light bit of rain had kicked up the smell of damp soil that was invigorating to the soul of city folks. As we reached the end of this winding path, we were faced with hiking up a pretty steep climb directly up the hill or walk towards a new unpaved path that skirted around the hill. 
Since the rain had left the soil all around us pretty damp and the grass wet and slippery, we figured we could find a more gradual climbing spot if we skirted around the hill. So off we went down the unpaved path, and just about ten minutes into the walk, the terrain changed dramatically. Instead of open land, we were now walking basically into a ravine, and the trees on both sides of the ravine basically blotted out the sunlight to a great extent. It was as if we were in the middle of the jungle. All of a sudden, but unfazed, we still trekked on, hoping to find another way to climb the hill, which was not visible anymore due to the terrain. After about an hour's worth of navigating through the ravine, we found that the trail veered off into even more dense jungle terrain on the left and on the right was a dilapidated old wooden hut that seemed long vacated. So as we took a breather, we tried to figure out what to do next. We were met with the angry barking of what I assumed were not less than seven or eight dogs and the sound was only getting closer, so we beat a hasty retreat back the way we came from. Once the barking subsided, we regained our composure, only to find tons of leeches trying to get onto us from the wet bushes and blades of grass. This freaked out the ex, and I had to run through the boulder-filled ravine to basically catch up to her. We ended up back at the steep spot of the hill, and by this time, I had had enough but had to give in to her persuasion and ended up climbing the steep part of the hill on all fours, getting dirt and grass everywhere. To my relief, the steep bit gave way to what I can only describe as a meadow of lush green grass bordered on the left by bushes with sweet-smelling wild flowers, and on the right, an obstructed view of gentle rolling meadows that actually had cattle grazing, but I didn't find anyone hurting the cattle. So, an hour and a half later of hiking through the meadow, we chanced up a muddy path carved into a much gentle sloping hill. Now, this hill was huge, but the path made the climb much more forgiving. Upon cresting the hill, the other side of the crest is a sheer drop-off, but the view of the valleys below was nothing short of spellbinding. We rested and tucked into the food we had brought all the while just admiring the view, and it was 2 p.m. by now. The crest of the hill was so high up that every time a cloud passed through, we were absolutely drizzled on, and after a few minutes, were greeted by the sun. This was heaven to a couple of city slickers. By 5 p.m., I was getting antsy to start to negotiate our way back down, as I didn't want to slip on the still wet grass, and I sure as heck didn't want to try my luck with climbing down in the darkness. After about a half hour of begging and pleading with a reluctant ex, I finally managed to drag her back off the crest and start our climb down. The first thing I noticed was the absolute silence. No chirping birds not even insect sounds. We were losing light faster than we could climb down, and the silence was really getting to me. I looked around to see if I could see the cattle that were grazing, but no, everything was deserted. And it was at this point that I felt like I was being watched from behind. 
The ex was behind me while we climbed down, so I asked her to go on ahead of me, and I would bring up the rear. In my mind, I wanted to put myself between her and any person that would meet us from behind. But, a few minutes later, I get the same feeling of being watched, and not only from behind, but from all around us, except the front. All the hair on my forearms were upright. I was hyper-vigilant, almost bordering on panic. The ex didn't feel anything, but was creeped out by my behavior. Up to that moment, I had been cheerful, joking away, and muttering everything I could think of. But now I was unnaturally quiet as per her observation and extremely focused on getting off the hill and at the same time looking all around searching for someone. Before the silence and the sense of being watched hit me, all my mind was preoccupied with was not to slip and to look out for snakes. But now that was not a concern. I urged her down faster, but didn't tell her anything as to not panic her and partly to not seem like a blithering idiot in my mind. I was ready to slip and slide down the hill if it meant a faster way down, but didn't want to leave her behind. After about half an hour of this torment, a new feeling crept over me. I felt anger from whatever or whoever was watching us, like we were not meant to be there like we were trespassers. It was the complete opposite of the absolute bliss of climbing up the hill, and still no sound. Not a damn cricket to be heard, no wind, not even a breeze. Then, as if by some miracle, a dog appeared behind me, had not seen this little fellow when we climbed up. He was a thin, emaciated brown mongrel who had its tails tucked between his legs and looked at us warily, all the while following us at a distance. Although the sight of the dog put me at a bit of ease, the feeling of being watched lingered on. Since I also didn't want to be bitten by the dog, I made my ex stop and give way to see if the dog would pass us by, and he did. He crept closer to us and wagged his tail while looking at both of us and passed by, still a bit wary of us. And then the most curious thing happened. We would climb down a bit and wait until we reached him, and would repeat this over and over until we reached the bottom of this hill. It was like he was escorting us to safety. I felt a slight bit at ease at last. Now focused on the dog and desperately trying to ignore the still lingering menacing feeling that was now behind me, I finally realized that we were now climbing down in the dark. And by the time we managed to get back on the paved part, it was 8 p.m. and pitch black. We were walking behind the dog who was now wagging his tail away and walking closer to us, and much to my relief, I could at least see lights in the distance. The dog escorted us all the way to our cottage, and while I was trying to find some food for him, he disappeared. Only when we got off that hill did that feeling of being watched go away. It was as if someone flipped on a switch, and the sounds of insects was instantly all around us. I swore to myself to never again put myself in such a situation if I could help it. 
When we met our hosts for dinner, they said they were actually worried as we were expected back by 4 p.m. and were trying to reach us on our phones which had no network coverage throughout the whole deal. I didn't want to ask them about the horrendous experience that I had but inquired about the brown dog and if it was theirs. They told me he is a stray and was known for escorting past visitors up to the cottage and then disappear. He was nothing short of a miracle, a divine presence who guided us to safety. I know that some of you may think this was lame, or maybe I had anxiety. I had been anxious before as I work in a high-stress environment, but this was nothing of the sort. The feeling of being unwelcome, anger, and imminent danger? Yeah, that's something that still triggers goosebumps when I reminisce. And to that dog... I am eternally grateful. The only other time I felt this way was when I was with friends on a jungle safari and our group was trailed and stalked by a predator. I've debated posting this for a while, mainly because I'm not a writer. It's a long story, so apologize in advance for the length, and I don't want to mess it up by telling this. This happened to me and my friend Sam three winters ago. We liked exploring nature and walking around outside, and our friends had recently introduced us to this beautiful place in Wisconsin, Grant Park for anyone familiar with southeastern Wisconsin parks that we had visited with more than three or four times. Every time we had gone with them, it had been a pleasant trip. We walked around, got to see some beautiful views of Lake Michigan, sat in crooks of trees, and talked about books and games and other things. We had been starting a new game of Hunter, The Darkness. That's a tabletop RPG game like Dungeons & Dragons and we were using the park for scenic inspiration. It was fantastic. For the purpose of storytelling, she and I are both 5'2", 5'3", females. The first time, she and I went alone. We went around dust to take some pictures that we could Photoshop for the game. This park is massive, and there are many bridges, footpaths, and winding roads throughout. We were walking over a bridge that set against one of the roads with dense woods on either side. As we were crossing, a driver drives by and rolls down the window, and some guy leans out and yells, Hey! at us. We were both startled and jumped, but dismissed them and continued walking across the bridge. Less than a minute later, the same car comes back driving the other direction, and this time... The driver's window rolls down, and the driver, another male, calls out, Hey, ladies, come here. We picked up our pace, and the car drives away, and right as we are about to hit the end of the bridge, we see the car coming at us again from the original direction. We then book it up into the trees up the hill, and we can hear the car stop, and the two men start yelling at us. We continued running and hid in the dark for 15 or so minutes until they left, and we ran back to our car and left as well. You would think we would avoid the park after that, but 
Once we had gotten out of there and properly warm over a hot chocolate from Perkins, we had a good laugh over having to be so scared. We went back to the park with our male friends a few times, and nothing even remotely scary had happened. So she and I decided to go back, just the two of us, again. Sam and I often spent our afternoons and early evenings exploring the outside, hiking, geocaching, just sitting outside in parks and talking, so we had just decided to add it to our repertoire. We headed back around dusk again, and with a camera to take more pictures, especially since we hadn't gotten the shots we wanted the first time. Now, obviously, looking back on this, we both feel incredibly foolish having gone back alone and around the same time and at the same place, but as I had said, we had gone a few more times with our male friends, and even we had just one male with us. Nothing had happened, so we thought we were just being skittish. Anyways, we went back and we're about to walk over the same bridge when a car rolls by and, you guessed it, the window rolls down and the same guy just yells out some random noise. This time, we don't wait for them to drive around. We duck into the woods and start walking back around the pier. We figured we'd abandon the other photo spot and just explore the pier. You know, take some lake shots. Not really what we were looking for, but... We figured if we made it in on time from the sunset, which is about almost all the way down, we could take some nice pics together over the lake just for fun. The way that the pier is set up is that there is a long, thin road from the top of a giant grass hill down and around a curve and into a parking lot. The pier is at the end of the right side of the parking lot, about 200 yards away. If you walked from near the pier down the right side of the parking lot, there was a little bridge that led into a development with a tennis court that sat next to the preserve. So we began walking down the road to the lake, when the same car from before drives down into the parking lot by the pier. He didn't say anything as they drove past, but we still decided to slow down and decide whether or not we wanted to continue down by the pier. The car turned around in the parking lot and came back up the road. The car reached where we were and stopped. So we immediately turned and started walking down the hill. All of the windows rolled down and we saw that there were four guys and one girl in the car. They yelled, Hello! And Sam and I turned and waved. One of them said, Oh, hey, you're cute. And the others joined in. Hey, yeah, wait for us. Now, mind you, we are two small females, but we were also super bundled up in large winter coats and hats. We could barely see any of our faces from our shapes, so they didn't really have a lot to base it on. We've been ignoring them, and we hear someone else yell, We're coming back for you, as they start driving up the hill. Sam and I decide not to take any chances and start running down the hill. We hear hooting and hollering and see them disappear over the top of the hill. We start running towards the bridge. It was the closest. And once you've gotten over the bridge to the left, there was a concrete deck with a drop-off to a ramp about five feet tall. 
so that if you got off the bridge and jumped down right away, you'd be at the bottom of the ramp and couldn't be seen from the other side if you dug down, which is exactly what we did. We hear the car speed back down the hill and four doors open and close as they all start screaming and laughing. Ha <laughs> come here girls, we'll be nice. We just want to play. Most of them took off to the pier, but two of them stayed behind, and we could make out bits and pieces of what they were saying. Where do you think they went? I don't know. We'll find them, though. Etc. Sam and I huddled and freaked out, and once it had been silent near the bridge for a while, we decided to peek out to see if the other two have also left so we could sneak back up the hill or make a break for it somewhere else. We peek over, and there's a guy on the other end of the bridge, and he clearly sees us. Over here, he screams to his buddies and starts running across the bridge towards us. We take off towards the development running around the side of the tennis court while being chased by three of the guys. Only one of them is very close to us, maybe 30 feet, but the rest were catching up faster than we would have liked. We took a quick turn between two houses in the subdivision, and we luckily never saw them from that point on. We got back to our car by walking through the forest preserve incredibly slowly, dashing across roads, terrified out of our minds. We left that night and called our friends we normally went to the preserve with. From then on out, they insisted on accompanying us any time we were there. Hello. English is not my first language, so please be kind. So my story takes place when I was about 13 years old. I'm 19 now. If the details are unclear, I'm sorry. I just moved into a small countryside town into a house that was just beside a huge forest. It was a new neighborhood and didn't really have much houses on my street. You could, without a doubt, walk hours into the woods and still be going. Being young and stupid, I'd take my dog walk without having my parents with me or anything to protect me. I don't even remember having a cell phone on me. Don't blame my parents, please. They were reassured by the fact that my dog was really big and people were easily frightened by him. Like, really easily. My dog was about seven. Detail that has its importance. I did that often. Nothing bad ever happened, and I never met anyone there. I loved it because I could really take my mind off everything else that was happening in my life. The move was rough on me, and to make everything more fun, I was being bullied at school. So, yeah, I really needed that. So, there I was, casually walking on a track that is across the wood that is used if you have a motocross or a quad. A noise that I didn't take too much attention at first was coming from behind me, started to become louder. When I turned back, I can see a person coming straight at me on his motorcycle. I'm a 13-year-old girl who is scared of about everything that seems out of the ordinary, so I decide to get off the track as quickly as I can hide. Unfortunately for me, Henry is black and does not blend with the surroundings as 
everything was green, and it was the middle of the day. I walked pretty fast, but I can tell that the bike was closer, and I was pretty obvious. I started running and found a rock that was big enough to hide my dog and I. I heard the motocross come and go. It was impossible for the person to see us, really. I waited, telling myself that I was being silly. When I thought I waited long enough, I started walking again. I froze instantly when I heard the loud engine coming suddenly so close to me. Without hesitation, I start running like hell, and when I was able to stop and hide, I did. My dog wasn't in the best shape, and I was feeling so bad for making him run that much. I could tell he was getting closer and closer to me. It wasn't a very dense forest, so he could follow. He was so much faster than me. I'm the clumsy person. I trip on about everything I can, so when I did meet this lovely branch, I fell on the ground pretty hard after tripping on it. But I think I was so full of adrenaline that I just got up and started running again. He was meters from me, so he can see me and is clearly chasing me. There was no doubt in my mind that if he gets me, something really bad could happen. We were approaching a more dense part of the forest, so the guy had no choice but to stop. It did give me advantage on him, and I was able to get away. I was so glad when I saw a house. It was under construction, so nobody lived in it. I did find a hiding spot behind the fence. Minutes later, I saw the person come so close to me, I could tell he didn't see where I went. I felt this huge relief when he started to go away. I think I hid there for about 30 to 40 minutes without moving to make sure he did not come back. I did find my way home and told my parents about it, but they thought I was being dramatic. At the end, I never knew who this person was. I did hurt myself, but nothing too serious. I heard years later about weed that was being grown in a part of the woods and cameras were present. Maybe I came too close to something and they saw me on the cameras. I also went with a few friends of mine when I was older and found out a small abandoned house that was not too far from where this happened. The following is a story that took place quite a few years back now. However, it still baffles me completely, and I'd like to share it here. I'm a teenager, and I've been in scouting and boy scouts for nearly all of my life, and I really enjoy exploring with my friends and being trusted more, as I'm older now. A few years ago, me and two girls named Amy and Harriet were asked to head into the woods surrounding our campsite to find a long, straight stick suitable for carving into a point. Bear in mind that I was a lot younger back then. Harriet was older and Amy only one year older than myself. We had been walking in deliberately the same direction as to not get lost and memorizing the surroundings as we went in order to find our way back safely. About 15 minutes in, we couldn't find anything to take back, so we turned around to return to the campsite. Then, the initial panic set in. 
The trees had almost unnaturally knitted themselves together in such a way that it seemed our path was non-existent in the first place. Like it had just vanished. We looked around 360 degrees, and now everything looked exactly the same. Trees we could have sworn were different from one another appeared as all copies of the same tree. We kept walking in what we thought to be the correct direction, whilst shouting out for help, and eventually came to a concrete path, almost like a road but very thin, separating the forest, splitting it into two. We didn't follow the road, as it went in the wrong direction of our campsite. On the other side of the path was more forest. However, nearby was an abandoned shack, likely used for storage or whatever else. We had no idea anything like this was out here in these woods, so we just kept walking. We eventually came to a road we didn't recognize. A woman wearing a pink and purple regatta outdoors coat walked past, and we frantically asked her for the location of our campsite. As by now, according to our watches and Harriet's phone, we'd been walking for an hour and a half. She said she'd never seen us before, but she said there's another campsite in that direction. We followed her advice and eventually came back to our campsite. We frantically apologized for being so long and that we couldn't find anything. The leader, Ian, could see all of us were shaken up and he stated, confused, that we'd only been gone 25 minutes and that our free time was still going. To this day, this baffles all three of us, as our free time was 40 minutes long and our watches and phones had said we'd been gone for hours. The forest we were lost in felt crushing and claustrophobic, like we'd enter an area at the concept of time didn't apply to. I believe in the paranormal. However, this was so unlike anything I've heard or experienced before. It was literally like we'd begin in a time vortex or something, and that hours in the forest were only minutes to the rest of the world. The feeling was very strange, and it stuck with me for the rest of the camp. Thank you for listening to my story. I know it's a weird one. What do you think? Why do you think time changed between the real world and this forest? I'd love to hear your opinions. I've been thinking about this for years, and I am still baffled. When I was a child, maybe 11, I lived near the river in Pulaski County on a very private island. One road, no one walks through, fenced off. Behind our property was river and we could walk to it, but anyone trying to access the property would have to boat or swim in, stumble across the woods, stumbled through a large garden we had, and a larger yard with huge floodlights that were motion-sensing. In front of the house was more dense woods and our private road. One way in, one way out. More porch lights, and at the end of that road was a steel gate. So, I was maybe nine or ten, and I wanted to catch fireflies. 
My mom said okay, gave me a mason jar, and I went to leave and told my mom I was turning off the front porch light to see them better. She said it was okay, but not to go to the tree line, so I was out there for six or seven fireflies worth when I started to see something odd. There was a strange light hanging in between some trees. It did not move, did not turn, shake, rotate, nothing. I stared at it for a while, fascinated and scared, but trying to puzzle out what it was. It appeared to be a ball and not a beam, and was definitely well-defined. I was starting to get past my fascination, and I was getting a little scared. Then... Another appeared further in the trees, maybe five feet further back. They were literally just hanging in the air. Single balls of light, clearly defined. I decided enough was enough and ran to the house. My parents said I was hysterical enough to warrant a rifle search of the property. And my mom called the police who did come out. No one found anything. No evidence of a fire, lanterns hung in the trees as a joke, nothing. I already knew it was neither, but I hoped someone would figure it out. I was in deep shit with my dad who told me I was making up nonsense and I got the belt and was put on a diet of stacking wood for the winter and my dad was splitting, housework, etc. Anyone have any idea what this might have been? So, my father-in-law, let's call him Pedro, grew up working ranches. He told me this had happened to him back in the 80s. Somewhere down in Frio County, along Highway 57, the road to Eagle Pass. He took a job with a ranch owner. He was given a mobile home to stay, and his family was welcome to stay also. The ranch owner... Ferguson, I think is what they called him, had built himself a home several miles away, on the same property. For the ranch hand, a site-built home was partially started but never completed. It was three sides of a cinder block home and a partial roof. This is why the mobile home was there. This land is about a hundred miles from the U.S. to Mexican border. There's always been a lot of illegal immigrants crossing this land. One late afternoon, there were several illegals crossing the ranch property when Pedro sees them and yells at them, asking what they are doing. They all stop and say, Sir, we want no trouble. We're trying to get north for work and are looking for a place to stay the night. Pedro says, Look at that home there. You all can camp there tonight, but need to be gone early, because the owner will be up and doing his rounds. It should be enough cover for the night. If he sees you, I'll act like I don't know you. They agreed and set up camp in the non-completed house, so Pedro couldn't sleep well knowing he might get in trouble. He woke up early, early enough to wake the illegals up to tell them they needed to get going but none of them were in the house. He looked around and found that they had all moved their camp at about 50 feet from the mobile home. He woke them and asked why did they move. 
One of them started to say, no, sir, we meant no trouble, but nobody can stay there in that area. We all heard voices screaming for help, and it was bad. They left soon after, and nothing was talked about this again until years later. Both Pedro and Ferguson had gotten older. By now they were pretty close and set out one night on the ranch drinking beer. Pedro tells them, you know, one night these illegals came through and asked to stay the night. I told them yeah and to stay in that old house, but they didn't. Pedro told Ferguson the whole story. Ferguson sat there for a while. He finally said, You know, after all these years, I never told you. When I was young, I saw my grandfather work this ranch, and a handful of times, I saw him catch some illegals himself. He killed them and buried them right there. He started to build that home right over the bodies, but not even the contractors could finish it. They heard the same thing. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true, backwood, creepy stories. If you're sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.